0: Welcome to another episode of Stargate <laughs> Weekly. I am Stu Hollis, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Thad Hay. Well, gosh, that thanks so much for joining me this evening. You're welcome. This week... Oh, boy. <laughs> this is going to be a fun episode. This week... We watched Season 1, Episode 7 of SG-1, Cold Lazarus. This is based on watching it on Hulu, not the DVDs. As we discussed on the last episode, the DVDs are in production order. Yes. And Hulu and Amazon, I presume Amazon and Netflix when they had it, were almost certainly in as-aired order. So, since we assumed that most of our listeners, dozens of them, I'm sure... Um, uh, are watching it on Hulu or some other streaming service? You're tuning in at the right time for Cold Lazarus. If you're on the DVDs, you know we gave you a heads up last episode. Why, you know get on our level. Um, and if you watched Reef Candle, then well, we'll it, get to It's you. a better episode anyway. So that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what do you remember going into this? Um. Well, we continue the trend of. First season episodes that I usually skip. Uh, I remember this is the one with the crystals that make a duplicate Jack who seeks out his estranged wife. Uh, Yes, I remembered it exactly the same, except that I was more focused on him seeking out his dead son. Mm. Rather that he was more concerned about where his son, where his, where the dead son was without knowing that he was dead. Right. He, you know, the wife was whatever. So the synopsis from TV Guide, is a blue energy crystal helps O'Neill confront his grief over the death of his young son. I mean, that does in fact happen? It's not 100% wrong, but it's more like the blue energy crystal creates a crystal O'Neill, and the crystal O'Neill confronts crystal grief about... I mean, because he does at the end help real O'Neill confront it as well, but yeah, I mean, it's not quite as bad as... Trade agreements. Uh, Oh, yeah. Weapon trading. Yeah. (laughs) But it's still not good. Right. All right. So run through the episode. We start by them start getting into what is basically a sulfur mine. Yeah. Or sulfur. Big pile of sulfur is what it looks like. You know, it's big globular orange. In reality, it's almost certainly sand that was edited in post to look like sulfur. I mean, I was looking at it. Those are some big granules, you know? So I'm thinking it was either they actually went to an actual sulfur mine uh, or sulfur processing facility or something to shoot their, you know, for the day. Or, like, styrofoam beads that were all painted yellow. But honestly, it was probably cheaper to just go to a sulfur processing facility. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, styrofoam beads painted yellow would have cost a lot of money for, especially, like, the, the. The shots where they show, like, a lot. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, some of the shots where it's just, like, like a guy lying in them, usually check. Uh, that one they could probably get away with doing, you know, like, oh, gosh, we really wanted another shot of you prone, um, quick, break open a beanbag chair and grab a can of yellow paint. So, what I don't get is, at the very beginning of the episode, when they're looking at the crystals... Mm-hmm. Carter says it may indicate a civilization of some kind. How? Yeah, the other thing that Carter said that I was like, huh? Was when she was saying that they were granite, not volcanic. Because, A, how could you tell? And, B, after a very cursory internet searching, I don't think granite crystals are a thing. I didn't even they bother looking not. up to see if volcanic crystals are a thing. They're also not. I mean, granite is apparently characterized by often having crystals in it. Yes. But granite crystals? Not a thing. Nah, I want to say granite is an igneous rock. I think you might be right. I think that both of our high school geo environmental teachers would be ashamed of us for not knowing this immediately. Yeah. I'm sorry, Mister Spicer and Roland. I'm sorry, Mrs. Daniels, even though you let me teach one of your classes once. Okay, so, you were an option two, Gia. Boom. I was the the fancy one, where they like had half the year with Spicer and half the year with Roland. Anyway. Wait, it was, yeah, dang. You that was that the, in. O- it was what they called option three for science. I don't know if they have. It doesn't matter. So, so now that we've gone into a rat hole about something that <laughs> I guarantee no one listened to this podcast has ever heard about, because I probably, I doubt any of you have gone to Carlisle High School in the in the early two thousands. <laughs> All right. So another thing that I bumped on was when they when we cut to Jack wandering off on his own, he just he's like hey teal and just like flashes some you know it's like hey i'm gonna go and teal apparently knows the hand signs already well done teal i guess you know and then of course jack gets zapped by the crystal and then crystal jack is looming over prone jack in an ominous way it's time to go and jackson comes around and says where's the colonel because apparently they're still not on a first name basis apparently yeah That was about all I touched on on the, you know, sulfur processing plant section. Yep. And then they go through the gate and Crystal Jack is, you know, looking around like, huh, never been here before. Right. And like, no one notices that Jack's kind of like out of it. Yep. And then we get the theme. Right. And after the theme, we cut to their debriefing where Jack continues to be out of it. Is it? He's not even sitting at the table. Right. Is it like, is this ordinary Jack behavior for him to sort of be like, Wandering around a little bit, staring out the big window kind of aimlessly. And what—and that's why no one says, hey, Jack, you want to join our conversation? But that's not ordinary Jack behavior based on other episodes. Right, no. Ordinary Jack behavior is I'm going to sit at the table and make sarcastic and wise-ass remarks. Yeah, seriously. And, like, that's how they should have known when real Jack came through the gate, that it was real Jack immediately. No, oh, yeah, absolutely. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yes, right. Because after their debrief, we find out that SG-1 is on stand-down. We go to the locker room. Where we answer our question from two weeks ago. Yes, we do. I noticed that as well. (laughs) That apparently, no, they have one locker room, and they take turns. By the way, uh, there was was something that I forgot to mention uh, that I saw in the second episode. Maybe foreshadow. When they go through the gate, there's an airman with a Geiger counter, and it clicks when he scans Jack. Okay, I can't, I think I noticed that as well, but thinking back, I can't be sure that it that it wasn't just an instance of, yeah, you know what, let's give them the benefit of the doubt and say that it was foreshadowing. Anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt. You can go on with what you're saying. No, you're good. I was just agreeing with you that we answer our previous question of, is there a men and women's locker room? Apparently not. Yeah, because the, yeah, there was, this becomes the women's locker room. Right about uh, now. Uh, Listen, no offense, Colonel, but this becomes the women's locker room in, well, now. Yeah. But then she says that. But then as Jack's leaving, Daniel comes in. Yeah, and she doesn't give Daniel grief about, yo, Daniel, women's locker room. Didn't you notice the impromptu sign I put outside? (laughs) Yeah. But then, you know, so they talk for a bit. Jackson reveals that no, Jack doesn't really have a family anymore. Anymore. Right. Um, this episode, I think, if nothing else, serves as just like the last piece of the pie that maybe you needed from the movie to get your picture of Jack. He reveals it to Kowalski in the beginning of the first episode, or in the middle of the first episode, I think. Yeah, no, you're right. So never mind. There's nothing. There, this episode has so little purpose. If. If the show was more matured, this would be thoroughly classified as a filler episode. But at this point, the show is still trying to figure out what it is and how it's going to operate. And so this, if nothing else, serves as a thing of like, yeah, let's not do that. I just guess we can just be really thankful to Showtime that they saw the promise the show had. Absolutely. Jack is on his way out the door. Tealk intercepts him to say that you promised to show me your world. I would like to go now. And it's like, Teal, have you never heard of a day planner? <laughs> yeah, and Jack's like, another time. Well, Big Jack. Yes, Crystal Jack, yes. And then? And and then he, you know... Oh, then we have Sam and Daniel checking out the damage crystals they brought back through the game. hmm And it's apparently releasing some low-level electromagnetic signals or something. Yeah, it's weird that Jackson is surprised by the acronym, the acronym would be right? EM? Yeah, EM, yeah. You know, it's weird, right? Is it? He was a professor, wasn't he? Yeah, of archaeology. We're familiar with EM today. Yeah. Was EM as much of a thing in the lexicon 20 years ago? But he was a professor. Of archaeology. Surely. That, whatever. Like, at some point... Maybe. No, but no, I'm just wondering. Like I I'm thinking was E M like a normal buzzword in the nineties? I don't know. I was busy doing other things in the nineties. Watching Stargate? No. Yeah, we, no, me neither. Going to middle school? Mm. I was watching Star Trek in the nineties. I wasn't doing that either. Except all every episode of Voyager, obviously. <laughs> We're not doing Voyager weekly. Oh god. So What's next? So they're in the lab. They're checking out the crystals. And, I mean, other than Jackson being confused about the EM thing, I have to say there wasn't a lot going on in the lab. Uh, Carter points out that it's melted and it looks familiar. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. So now we're cutting back – we're cutting to, I guess, Sarah's house, right? Yeah, and they do a nice little transition there where they show Jack holding the photo of him, Sarah, and Charlie – In front of the house, and then it pans up, and you see he's at the house. Yes, I noticed that. That was good. And then we cut to Crystal Jack going, hello, Sarah, in, like, increasingly creepy ways. Yeah, like, preparing himself or something. Which is weird, because other than this, we never see Crystal Jack ever trying to, you know, fit in. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, he only ever tries to fit in when it comes to this scenario. But this is where we see most of Crystal Jack, so it's not surprising that we see more of, you know, more facets of him here. So the other weird thing... Really? You're gonna you're gonna do that to me? You're not even gonna, like, Crystal Jack and its facets, you're not gonna... Oh, I didn't even notice that. You know what? I'm just gonna cut this whole sequence, because... No, I'm going to leave it in. Everyone needs to know that you missed it. So the weird thing I thought with this is, okay, so we see Sarah working on her father's car, apparently. Mm -hmm. At least I assume it's her father's car. And she's talking to her father. Father's there. He, like, looks over at her right before he walks in the door of the house. Mm -hmm. So Crystal Jack should have been in his field of vision. Yes. Especially since Crystal Jack was apparently standing there for a while. Yes, as he tells us. But Sarah's dad does not react any way. Sarah's dad has bad vision. He's old. He made that point. Hmm. About him being old, not the vision thing. Yeah, I was gonna say, he does mention he's old. Yeah. So anyway. They have a weird conversation and mm-hmm. Jack asks where Charlie is and then starts to call his name, which makes Sarah upset for, well, obvious reason yes so sarah goes in the house Mm -hmm. and then jack's dad comes out i mean sorry sarah's dad comes out and tells jack to come in right Uh, yeah the big thing i hit on on that whole sequence was just creepy crystal jack yeah yeah then we cut to channel surfing yeah so here's what i got from this whole sequence of the sgc all right so first, Teok walks into this room, flips on the light, and then promptly like looks surprised, like he wasn't expecting the room to look the way that it does. Yeah, I saw that too. We're not surprised, like you know, like, you know, Christopher Judge does a very, very good job of not showing very, very many facial expressions. Yes. So this is, you know, a prime example of that. He shows these sorts of things strictly through like the rest of his body language and not his face. And this, he comes in, is surprised, apparently. So let's say he's surprised and this is someone else's room. He still wanders in, picks up the remote control, and flips on the TV, which is immediately showing ultra violence. Yep. And he changes through channels and sees more violence. Right. How is that possible? I mean, I realize it was the 90s, but come on. How much of a trope are you guys going to play on us where it's like, oh, Stranger in a Strange World flips on the TV and ultra violence? Well, remember, the 90s were the, were, were, was the era of, excuse me, I've just shot someone in New York. So, oh, that's so true. I forgot about that. Hello? I've just shot somebody. I did it on purpose. <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, then Sam and Daniel rush in and say they need Teal's help to yeah, no, they're, like, super urgent about this. It's crazy. Then we cut back to Jack looking at things in Charlie's room, and the one thing I noticed was a big poster of crystals on the wall. Exact same thing. Also the sweet uh, Lego space shuttle launch pad that I so wanted when I was a kid. Yes. Those are two of my bullet points as well. In between... <laughs> is the conversation. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess that's important. <laughs> that Sarah's dad had with Jack, where he's saying, as an, you know, for an Irishman, you're not much of a talker. Are Irishmen loquacious? I think so. Is that like a stereotype? Is it? I guess. And then, he says, I'll give you that much. You married my daughter after all. What? Yeah, I was wondering what that meant too. I guess it was like his Way of trying to say that he wasn't. It, it means that he he he's not a bad guy. He 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 admires Jack or like looks, like, looks on Jack favorably because he married his daughter. That seems like a weird reason. Yeah, I feel like yeah. it should like be the other way around. Where it's like I look on you favorably, therefore it's okay that you marry my daughter. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. whatever. But yeah, no man, that Lego set. <laughs> mm. Indeed. Uh, back to the lab now, I think. Yeah, well, they have a pretty long conversation, but yeah. Oh, yeah, but dude, Crystal Poster and said, what more do you need? That's true. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, Jack, or, yeah, Crystal Jack does finally remember, because apparently he has access to all of Jack's memories, but not, like, at all times or something. Yeah. He finally remembers Charlie's death. And we see a flashback. Up. Oh yeah, that's right. I man, I, I glossed over so many of those flashbacks. Just like in both viewings. Yeah. Very hokey. And then we have the scene of Crystal Jack hugging, I think, clothing of Charlies. Are we are you are you cutting ahead? Are you skipping the left? No, they still haven't gone back to the left. Oh my god. So much Crystal Jack, man. <laughs> then we go to the black. Alright, great. <laughs> Well, actually the gate room uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, so that was yeah, so there here's like our like single bit of humor yes. of the whole episode, um you can, like, can, you you got approval to you know use my staff in the gate room, yeah, of course, yeah, uh there is that there is one other bit of humor, okay, when they're leaving uh when sam teal when well the team, i guess the whole team is is leaving. Hammond tells Teal he can't take his staff weapon, and Teal says, I, you know... Oh, I've yes, I've seen your planet, plan plan I, I will need, need it. it. Yeah. Yeah, that was also amusing. And it was a callback to him channel surfing and seeking violence. Yes, obviously. Um, So we're in the lab, and I like that apparently, you know, that um, they apparently had no surveillance in the gate room or was knocked out somehow when Apophis invaded in the very first episode, so they don't know that Teal'c was one of the people in the gate room. Oh man, I completely forgotten that. Because they said, after Apophis and his serpent guards, you know, like you. Teal'c, who we later find out was was known as a first prime, he was like the most serpent serpent guard. Yeah, I guess they haven't used the words first prime yet, have they? Not in that order, no. I mean, it's obviously they were planning that. Hence Kiel's gold embossed. Uh, maybe, maybe they were planning thing. it. Let's not. That's fair. Um, but yeah, and then you know, then it was Jackson saying, "Since your energy weapons are the same as the ones Apophis used, it's like literally, it, literally yeah, the could, same. It could literally be the exact same one that left those marks in the gate room." Yeah, so for all you know, not all staff weapons would leave exactly the same marks, so and they all have slightly different chemical signatures, and you might have just gotten really lucky. <laughs> that's bad science. But if that were the case, that would mean that Teal was the one who, who destroyed the crystals, and shame on him for not, like, telling them. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they're comparing it to crystals. Yeah, you're right. So, anyway, they determined that, yes, it is the same thing, that yes. the gold must have destroyed those crystals. And then we cut back to Jack again. They're having, you know, a conversation about about their feelings or something about that game that Charlie loved. To play. Baseball, baseball. Yeah, and then he says he has to go back to the Stargate, a big ring of energy, and she's like, "You always were good at bullshitting to avoid talking to me." And it's like, what? How is that good? How is that like? A oh yeah, good no, that man, that's that's like the most contrived line. I need to get back to the big metal ring spinny thingy, obviously. I mean, I'm not like, drunk. No, You're drunk. he's terrible at spouting bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if that's what he's coming up with, dang. <laughs> and then towards the end there, it's, you know all of a sudden he's like, you know I smell smoke, or smoke, or something. And she says, Mike left a casserole for me? Who's Mike? Huh? Huh? When are we going to meet this guy? Is Mike maybe her dad? And she's like, Calling him Mike? Even though up until now she's always referred to him as Dad. Yeah, like, it's the only, the only explanation I have is that her dad is Mike. And for some reason she calls him Mike in this scene. Because otherwise there's like some completely other dude in this house that we didn't see at all. Yeah, let's get to the bottom of it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and back to the lab. Then back to the lab. This is when Daniel sees his face. Yes. And freaks out. I mean, wouldn't you? If I recognize it as my face, yes. That's apparently a problem. I can see that. Yeah. Like, I remember seeing something recently where it was the idea that if time travel or cloning were a thing and your clone or future slash past self appeared in front of you, you maybe wouldn't necessarily know that it was alternate you. Because although you might be used to like seeing your face in a reflection or a picture, seeing it in person is a very different thing, allegedly. I don't know how they would know this. Yeah, we'd need, like, perfect holographic technology to, like, test that theory. Or twins. Or twins. But, like, every group of identical twins I've ever known has, like, known how to... can, like, tell you all the ways that they're actually different. Maybe they would just make it up on the fly... Because all they need to know is that I'm me and they're them. And I know what them looks like. I don't know if they look like me. And let's just say that they have three freckles on their, you know, hip where I only have two. Could be. I don't have a twin. Uh, If I did, though, we would probably make up fake stuff like that. Mm. So back to the lab. (laughs) (laughs) After Daniel freaks out. Sam looks in the thing and it pops up her face and says help And we get a classic Carter Holy Hannah. Holy Hannah! Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And then we cut to Walter. Yay, Walter's back. Yay. And Why is the gate spinning up? No one's due back. And we're getting close to the normal statements now. It's off world activation, this is not a drill, which is still not quite not quite. We're getting close though, you're We're right. Getting a lot closer. <laughs> getting tingly, man. I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for the first one to drop. It's going to make me so excited. <laughs> also, apparently Teal has the schedule memorized because they're like, I don't think anyone's due back. No, they're not. Like, dang, Teal. Really throwing yourself yeah. into the SGC, man. So, apparently somebody has somebody on the other end has a valid code, but they don't know whose it is. Yeah, that's a little weird. Also, that I thought in an earlier episode, or was this just us, like, kind of thinking forward with future knowledge, where later on, they need to receive the code and then push the button to open the iris and not the code overrides the iris? Later on, as far as I've been able to tell so far in season one, it's an automated thing. Which I believe I commented on is weird, given future knowledge. (laughs) Yes, you did. You did comment on it. That's what I was thinking of. So anyway, but, like, they don't have anything on their end to show... Who it is. Yeah, that seems weird. Yeah, it just comes up unknown (laughs) caller. So, anyway, real Jack comes through. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's obviously real Jack because he's acting like Jack. Right, no, exactly. Unlike Crystal Jack, who was acting so thoroughly not like Jack. Right. But it takes them a long time to... They even have him locked up in a cell for a while. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we cut to Crystal Jack and Sarah in the park. In a park. Mm-hmm. And this is a thing that I see a lot in movies and TV shows. Suddenly cutting to a park? Well, sure. But in movies and TV shows, people use picnic tables wrong all the time. Oh, they sit on the eating surface? Yeah, with their feet on the bench. It's like, what? what is that? I do that in real life sometimes. Yeah, it's weird. I think I learned it from TV, though. (laughs) Life imitates art. Absolutely. Because if anything's art, it's SG-1. (laughs) Well, this podcast wouldn't exist if we didn't think so. You heard it here last, folks. Uh, Okay, yeah, so they're in the park. They're having their deep conversation where Sarah is trying to get Crystal Jack to tap into his feelings, thinking that it's regular Jack just acting completely out of character. And then Crystal Jack starts freaking out, man. Well, I mean, Crystal Jack does have the the one thing. I think it was in this scene where she's like, where's your military bravado? And he's like, I don't think I have it. No, no, that was shortly after the, he loved that game. Baseball? Baseball. Oh, that's right. But then, yeah, Yeah. Crystal Jack has, like, electrical stuff going off him. I guess the EM. Well, yeah, whatever that means. (laughs) Jackson couldn't tell us. That's true. And then she's like, we need to get you to the hospital. And, like, I feel like at this point, Crystal Jackson has said, no, I have to go to the Stargate. Right. But she would have been like, I don't know what's going on with you, but you're clearly crazy. Hospital that is. Hmm. Yeah, because Crystal Jack has shown so much tact and awareness about what he's saying up to this point. No, no, no. What I'm saying is she would have come back with. Right. But, like, I feel like, I mean, we've only known Crystal Jack for, like, 25 minutes at this point. Right. But in that knowledge, I I think he would have said, no, I need to go through the Stargate. Yeah. Anyway, we get yeah. back to Dr. Fraser saying that real Jack is actually real Jack. Yes. Saying that he's perfectly healthy and General Hammond saying that healthy isn't good enough from the perspective of to prove that it's actually Jack and not some imposter. So, at some point during this process, when they're talking about, well, who's the, who's the fake check? Yeah. Like, an airman comes up and says, we're searching the facility now, sir. Do they not keep entrance and egress logs at this secure military facility? Okay, so up until you get to that point, I was going to say, having worked at an unsecured military facility, yes, they do. <laughs> unless, yeah. like, and what, I mean, Unless you're a regular. But uh, exactly. So, I mean, it was only recently that the one that I worked at uh, started scanning everyone's ID badge all the time without fail. It was on very, very rare occasion, as in like once every six months tops, that it came up that I was able to get on base without having my ID scanned. And that was only because the system was down. Like, they just had these handheld scanners and just, like, beeped the card. It was it took two seconds. It was very, very fast. And, like, you know, boom, instant record of everyone coming into the facility. Yeah, because when the guy, like, came up and said that to Hammond, I even, like, wrote this down, like, what are they searching for? Because it didn't even occur to me that they thought Jack was still on base. <laughs> I didn't even, like pick up on the guy being, like, we're searching for him. I didn't pick up on the airman until later. They didn't say what they were searching. They just said, we're searching the facility now. Uh, yeah, no, I think I I didn't even, like, pick up on that, like, being like, a Like, I remember the line. I didn't pick up on anything part of it. It wasn't until later when the guy came back in a later scene and said, yeah, he's not here. Yeah, that's when I'm just like, w- 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 why don't they have a record of this? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, that's silly. Uh, Yeah. So anyway, um, we get a longer talk with Crystal Face Carter. Yes. I think I had something written for this section. Hold on. Yes, before we had the talk with Crystal Face Carter, we got a bunch of mumbo jumbo from regular Carter. It was so much mumbo jumbo. It was like more mumbo jumbo-y than usual. That's fair. But anyway, Crystal Face Carter. Crystal Face Carter reveals that the Gould destroyed them because one of them accidentally killed one of the Gould. Yes. And that they need to go back to the Stargate or they're going to disintegrate. Yeah. And then we get a little bit more talking, and Jackson then chimes in to say something to the effect of, hey, if the Gould killed your whole race and you thought it was going to happen again, what would you do? And I'm thinking back to Emancipation, where he's giving Jack grief for always looking on like, uh, like things from like the worst possible way. Mm. It's like now he's a gloomy guy, huh? Yeah, sure. You are Jackson. So then, Carter. They cut to a to a different scene. They're in the briefing room again, and Carter comes in and says that the decaying crystals are releasing ionizing radiation, which is like nuclear radiation, and they say that then. <laughs> Uh and that the crystal is really seeing a very small amount, but but since Crystal Jack is much larger, as he decays he might actually, you know, kill people. Yes. (laughs) So then we hear some more stuff that Carter's talking about things. Specifically that apparently Earth's magnetic field is stronger than the crystal planet's magnetic field. Sure, why not? That's just pure supposition. And yeah, it's like did they have things that could measure that when they were on the planet? Because it didn't look like they had things that could measure that when they were on the planet. Maybe the MALP did it. Maybe. Seems like a weird extra thing to tack on the mouth, but what are you gonna do? So then we have the aforementioned uh, scene with Teal'c and the staff weapon where he says that he needs it because of the violence of the planet. Yes. Teal'c, you'll have to leave that here. I have seen your world. I will need it. And then Hammond gives him a hat to cover up his, you know, Apophis, his head. Does it, did they ever actually give that a name? The I sigil don't... that all Jafar have? I don't think so. Anyway, yeah, I feel like they didn't. Whenever they go anywhere, Teal always comes set up, and I feel like in some cases he wouldn't need to. It would. No one's gonna think, oh, this guy has a gold thing on his forehead. That must mean he's an alien. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it was. I'm not sure if the fact that it was the 90s helps her hinders that. The whole, like, weird thing on your head. Like, nowadays, whatever. You got a weird thing on your head. So, the hat says Chicago, which leads leads Teal to rattle off all of the sports teams in Chicago. And Wikipedia didn't even exist yet. Mm -hmm. Where do you think Wikipedia got their information? From Teal, obviously. That's a good point. (laughs) So then we got to the hospital, and we got, uh, Sarah's sitting there, and Crystal Jack is apparently asleep or unconscious, and he wakes up and says Charlie. And Jack and Sarah have some more heartfelt discussion about how this is where Charlie died and all that. And then Jack has a... Well, Crystal Jack, I'm sorry, has a lightning seizure. Ooh, good term. And he apparently... He burns Sarah's hand in the process. Yes. And then... Like bulbs shatter and like they stuff do. happens and the hospital is being ev- evacuated. And we cut to a scene of a random cop and doctor talking about how they they need to shut the power down once Colonel O'Neill's team is inside. Yeah, and I'm wondering, why is he telling a doctor this? Yeah. And why do we need this scene? Hey guys, we need to fill in 22 more seconds and we can't possibly just, you know... You know, they haven't seemed to have a problem with showing us lots and lots of Crystal Jack already. Why didn't they just show more Crystal Jack? Yeah, give us some more throwback or weird, like, Crystal Terminator vision or something. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the team comes in, and Sarah sees the real Jack, and seems slightly confused, but not very confused. Yeah, so... uh, On that note, I was thinking, when Jack was having his first lightning seizure, uh, I thought that Sarah was remarkably unfreaked out. Yes. You know? So, I don't know. Maybe just her, like, floor for stuff that wigs her out is just impossibly high. Could be. So, anyway. They head in, and Carter tosses radiation stuff to Jack. Mop gear. That's the term. And... They put on the mop. I don't know. I don't know if they just call it mop or mop gear or mop. Anyway, hat. you see them. There's like a brief shot. Oh, that's right of the of the Geiger counter, like mm-hmm. which apparently flashes red when it goes high. I like turns red. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was just like, when she was thinking, it you was know, the needle's buried in the red, I couldn't quite make out like, what was like, that's red. what I was thinking. Like, the whole thinking thing is red, how am I supposed <laughs> to know? Like, I see the needle, I guess, all the way to the right, like, that's usually bad. Well, that's the gas tank, which is good, but, uh, I don't know. I wonder if the gas tank is left to right in some countries, or is right to left in some countries. You know people in the UK. They're weird with roads and cars. Ask them. I don't know anyone in the UK who drives. God, that's so true. Anyone driving in the UK? (laughs) Also, it's probably not the UK because, you know, they still read left to right. I'm thinking, like, in Saudi Arabia, for instance. Ooh, like in countries where the text itself is, say, right to left. Right. Hmm. Asia. Israel. Yeah. Hmm. Because those two are Totally different things. They are, but they read right to left. No, my point was, they're not. Israel is in Asia. The Middle East is technically Asia? Yes. Hmm. I just assumed it would have fallen under Africa. Africa stops at the uh, Red Sea. Hmm. This has been Weird Geography (laughs) Weekly. With Stuart and Thad. So anyway. (laughs) Anyway, um, Jack talks to Crystal Jack. Mm -hmm. He drops his gun, saying, I'm not gonna hurt you. But first, like, he picks it up and... Like, I feel like pulling his gun out to drop it in and of itself seems a little threatening before you drop it. It does seem like a bit of a threatening gesture, though, just to, like, pull the gun out of the holster to begin with. You're right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, anyway, Jack says he doesn't... Crystal Jack says he doesn't want to harm you. His energy, and then there's a big... And then he promptly harms Jack. Yep. The real Jack, the Jack we love. So then, the part that I don't get, after this big burst of energy, apparently the radiation all disappears. And power, and 20% backup power has been restored. They yes. went through all this hassle of telling that doctor to cut the power to the building, and then they restore some of it? What is that? And Carter's like, oh, we can take our radiation thing gear off now, because... Okay, so here's the thing. There, that may have been a big burst of radiation, but Crystal Jack is still degrading, which means he should still be giving off radiation. Even if it's not happening right now, it will continue to happen. So why are you taking off your radiation gear? Well, I mean, yeah, no, like not just that. Like if it fell off that quickly, quickly as that, and was that high before, what's to say that in three seconds it's not it's not about to become that high again? Word. Hurrumph. Quite. So anyway. Uh, Crystal Jack explains that he was trying to heal Jack after he had accidentally shocked him. And, like, Jack was hurting because of Charlie's death. So he went through the Stargate to get Charlie, I guess, to bring him back to Jack. Yes. Seems a little weird. Yeah. And then Crystal Jack turns into Charlie. That's the part that was a little weird. Which is really weird. And I feel like makes things worse, not better. Oh, God, for real. If not for Jack, with his O'Neill military bravado. But surely for Sarah, if we hadn't known about Sarah's impossibly high floor for, like, being stunned or freaked out. And I feel like when Crystal Charlie asks if Sarah's there, Jack should be like, yes, but you should not appear to her. Yeah, no, that's a bad idea, Crystal Charlie. That said, maybe... You know, since Jack was married to Sarah, he probably knows that Sarah, like, has this impossibly... She can handle it. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Crystal Charlie shakes Sarah's hand. Yeah, and then they get to the choppa. To go to the choppa eye. (laughs) Ha! Jack goes to escort... It's still Crystal Charlie now, right? Yes, it's still Crystal Charlie. Through the gate and says keep the lights on, which seems like such a weird thing to say. Yes. Like, I get that he's going over there solo, so it would be even weird for him to say, and make sure, like, I come back this time, or something to that effect, but I kind of feel like that they could have done something like that, or just said nothing, or literally anything other than keep the lights on. That just seems. He needed to say he was coming back so that we the viewer didn't think that Jack was gonna, like, spend the rest of his days on the planet with Crystal Charlie. Playing What's That Game? Baseball? Baseball. Baseball. And that was... And that's the end of the episode. And that was Cold Lazarus. Yeah. That's what it was. Not the worst episode of season one, but not good either. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I've been keeping my own personal kind of scorecard. I'd say third worst. Oh, that, I haven't gotten that far. Um, But just from the perspective of, like, was this a good episode, a really good, a bad episode, etc. This is a neutral episode. Yeah, I give it that. It doesn't really add anything to the canon. Um, Certainly not. Yeah, because as you pointed out, he would already told Kowalski that he had had a son, and the son had shot himself with Jack's gun. Mm -hmm. So, bar, you know, it adds nothing to the canon. That's useful at all. Um, it was a Jack heavy episode, sort of. Yeah. See, Richard Dean Anderson has a lot of screen time, but I wouldn't call it a Jack heavy episode. Right. You know, a, a particularly Teal'c light episode. Yeah. I mean, Walter almost got as much screen time as Teal'c did. Yeah. But yeah, no, all in all, just it was. Yeah, no, I I definitely would say um, emancipation and the first commandment worse, but oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, so next week, according to Hulu, it'll be the Knox. Yep. Which I actually have to go to a whole other disc for because that takes place way later in the production order. Which Hulu says is episode seven, but we agreed early on that we're counting the pilot as episodes one and two, right? Yes. Okay, good. Most (laughs) rational things that keep track of this sort of thing, count them that way. Because they weren't... Yeah, anyway. So, (laughs) the Nox is for next week. Uh, Thanks again for downloading and listening to the Stargate Weekly, which maybe we will rename the Seventh Chevron. Uh, You can find us on Twitter, at Stargate Weekly, for now. Unless we decide to change it. Uh, we also have a website, StargateWeekly.com. I'm at Gamicus on Twitter for all of your up-to-the-minute, not-up-to-the-minute, no-news-news. News. And I'm at Tyrannicus for all of your haven't-tweeted-since-November-2016. Nice. <laughs> all right. Well, that's that. Yes, we know that you noticed our super-obvious dub-over. You were supposed to, because it's not like we were going to re-record the whole episode just to correct the fact that we abruptly decided to change our podcast name. Also, we know that we tweet now. I'm just really slow with the editing. Sorry.